Hey, what's going on? This is Big B, Brian Hanley. Welcome back to Let's Talk Ball. So today, I want to throw some things at you guys and stir up a little controversy. And it comes in the form of what players make and what fans think they should make versus what they do and what side you're on. Are you on the player side or the owner side? Um, and it's pretty distinct. It's pretty distinct. I mean, we'll dive into it. A lot of things that you know you wouldn't you would would think would make a difference don't for certain people. Um, but we're gonna dive into all of that today. Uh, I'll definitely, as always, I always look forward to the feedback. I mean, again, www.ltbpodcast.com. So I welcome all of that. Please keep sending stuff. Uh, hit us up on all the social media channels. We're having a lot of fun with this. Let's talk about it today. Let's talk salaries. Let's talk ball. Broken up by Tato. Get into the specifics salaries for each sport clearly they're different okay the NFL and again I'm going to talk about the ones here in America NFL NBA Major League Baseball and hockey those are the four major ones so let's talk about those so diving into it the guarantees three of them have guarantees one doesn't. One's the most popular sport and the most profitable. The others are not. Now, one is on the come up. That would be basketball. It is definitely on the come up. NBA basketball is more popular now than it's ever been. More popular than Michael Jordan days, the Magic and Larry Bird days. It's more popular now than it's ever been. And that's a great thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Major League Baseball, clearly on the comeback, but attendance, whew, I mean, attendance for baseball games is brutal. And part of it is, I mean, if you're like me, I mean, I live in Dallas. So in July, August, I mean, it's hot, <laughs> you know, and I just can't get into regular season baseball. So I can't get into regular season baseball. It's hot. Uh, it's not so much that the Rangers aren't any good because, you know, you go to a baseball game or pretty much any professional, you know, event, professional sporting event, you go for the show. You know, so I don't mind that, but it's hot. Oh, boy, the Rangers, that dome stadium can't get here soon enough next year. Come on now. Come on. Come on. But again, I digress. I digress. Let's get back into topic. <laughs> 
So diving back into it, the salaries, you know, um, baseball, obviously huge salaries, but only for the top guys. And we'll go into a little bit more depth because I'll break down each sport. You think that baseball, oh, they're just throwing all this money around and it's everywhere. And they do, but it isn't for everybody. So, so let's dive in. Now, the first thing that we're, we'll talk about is hockey. Hockey, the, the contracts aren't as big. They have done this thing to where now they're for longer periods of time. I mean, hockey contracts, I mean, they're eight, nine, ten years. You know, they're guaranteed money. So they have that. Obviously, they're not as big. Hockey doesn't have the revenue that the other major sports do. But the hockey, I mean, the length of the contracts, I mean, they go for a while. You know, that's one thing that hockey does well. I mean, basically, I mean, you remember, hockey missed a season. I mean, they went an entire season of no games, all over labor dispute. They couldn't decide who needed more money, whether it's the owners or the players. They couldn't decide, you know, how to split up that pot. And they went a whole year without playing. Now, the one thing about that is hockey, did anybody care? You know, that was a huge mistake on hockey's part because hockey is one of those sports where, first of all, if you go to a hockey game, it is a lot of fun. I mean, a lot of fun. First of all, I like it because it's cool in the arena. You can go here in Dallas, Texas. You can go to a hockey game in April or March when the temperature, you know, you live here, the temperature's starting to, to tick up. But you can go in there and I can be comfortable. So I love that. <laughs> the second thing is, it's just a lot of fun. I mean, it's a, it's an event. It's a show. I mean, clearly it is. And But hockey, going to a hockey match, a hockey game, it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun doing that. But they made a mistake in thinking that, you know, it's one of those sports. It's, it's, it's in between basketball and football and then baseball. I mean, it hits all three. So they had to be careful, and they took a dramatic hit, a dramatic hit. Now, they've done things to come back. They, I mean, it's they've done things on television to get people to watch. I mean, it's hard watching a hockey game on TV. I mean, if you've ever tried to do it, it is difficult. You know, it is difficult trying to follow that puck. Uh, it's it's one of those sports where it's much better to go than it is to watch on TV. Much better to go. But they made a mistake, and they paid that price. And while it's back, I mean, you know, people are, are still watching hockey. And, you know, the Stanley Cup Finals, people get into that. People get into that. But it's, I mean, hockey made a tremendous mistake. And they're still paying that price. It was always going to be fourth. I mean, it's a Canadian-driven sport. We play it here in America because the salaries are going to be more. Um, franchises are going to be worth more. But it's, I mean, it's going to be fourth, but it took a hit. And 
it, it's starting to come back, but it, I mean, whew, you talk about just overthinking, thinking that you're bigger than what you are. I mean, my goodness, you miss a season and nobody even missed a beat. They were just like, okay, there's no hockey. I can do something else. There's basketball, football, and baseball I can do. I'm not going to miss this. I mean, those owners, whoo, man, players, just everybody took it in the shorts and didn't realize it, didn't realize what was going on, didn't thought they were bigger than what they were. Nobody missed hockey. Now they're making a comeback, you know, change commissioners, change salaries as far as the length of salaries. They're doing the right things. And the one of the big things that hockey does it understands what it is now. It understands that we're hockey in America. It's not that they're fourth. They're fourth among the the major sports. But how many people watch college football, college basketball, a tennis match? I mean, there's hockey is down the ring as far as television audience. I mean, it is it's down there a ways. It's down there a ways. But they understand that now. They understand that. And so they've done what they need to do. Now, going diving back into salaries, they've lengthened them. The best players get paid. You don't really see the mediocre guys in hockey making a ton of money. I mean, they make good money. And, and I digress. I digress. Let me back up just a bit. All of the salaries that I am going to be talking about are going to be in relevance to professional athletes. I am not one that compares a professional athlete's salary to a normal salary. I'm not that person. And anybody who does that is an idiot. I mean, let's be realistic. Let's be realistic. You can't compare the guy that the accountant, you know, that works for, let's say he works for a great firm that makes $100,000 a year to the professional athlete that makes $3 million. Okay, let's not be stupid about this. So be realistic. That's the first part of this conversation is that people can't be. They can't be realistic. And they always try to compare it to their job. Hey, man, we all respect you. We respect what you do, whatever that job is, whether you're a factory worker whether you're a hedge fund guy, whether you're a teacher, a fireman, a policeman, you're in the army, you know, you do mortgages, whatever you do, we all respect your job. But let's not compare it to a professional athlete's job. Their jobs are different. You cannot compare your nine to five to their job. It's not the same. Wouldn't be intelligent to do, not intelligent to do, not fair. So let's not do that. So let's move on from there. So hockey has done a good job as far as that is concerned. You don't see, you know, the mediocre guys making, you know, 15, 20 million dollars a year. They break that down. They spread those salaries out. They're smart about it. They understand that, you know, these hockey franchises aren't billion dollar franchises. You know, with billion dollars of revenue, they don't have the billion dollars of TV money. So they're, they they have become smart. They've, as people like to say, they're in their lane. 
They know their lane. They are staying in their lane because they tried to get out of their lane, and that lane shut down. <laughs> I mean, that lane, it went off a cliff. I don't even know if it went off a cliff. It was a lane where it just stopped, and they were going 100 miles an hour. And all of a sudden, it just stopped, and everybody crashed. Whew. And for the most part, you don't hear people talking about hockey salaries. Again, the popularity of the sport has a lot to do with that. So let's move on to baseball. Baseball is a place where there's no salary cap. So the rich get richer. Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, you know, even Anaheim. Texas has a bunch of money. Um, you know, my Mets, I'm a Mets guy. We got a ton of money. You know, it's where you have the franchises that have those TV deals, those private TV deals. They got a lot of money. San Francisco. I mean, these places, they got a lot of money. And they spend it. They spend it. And when they have a good team, they're not afraid to go out and get two or three other guys. They'll spend the money. I mean, You've seen those salary numbers. I mean, $200, 250000000 million on salary. I mean, they'll, they spend the money. It's a lot. And it's not fair in baseball because, again, there's no salary cap. So the teams that are always really, really good stay good. Now, the Yankees, you're going to have some years – I mean, and this is 2019, so the Yankees haven't won the World Series in a while. But the Yankees are always good, you know. I mean, they had that incredible run, and those guys just got old. And what the Yankees did was they kept trade. well, we'll trade farm people to get, you know, a free agent. We'll, we'll trade these farm guys. We'll go get this pitcher at the trading deadline. You know, and that's what the big money teams do. We'll get rid of this to go get the big guy and then just pay him. Red Sox, same thing. All the big boys do that. Now, it's been flipped here in the last couple years where the Astros actually did it a little different because the Astros were pathetic, horrible for years, took their lumps. Did it the right way. Built it up through their farm system. Got their own guys. The, I mean, the, uh, the Astros have money. I mean, it's Houston. So now they're able to pay those guys. But they did it the right way. Doesn't help having Nolan Ryan there. You know, it doesn't hurt to have him being your advisor. I mean, look what happened to the Rangers. Rangers had him. They ran Nolan Ryan out. The Rangers haven't been good since. All of a sudden, the Astros are good. That's not a coincidence, people. It's not a coincidence. So you got that going. So baseball, it's the salaries are really, really weird because the top guys, the top players, and it's different because it's you would think pitchers get the most, but they don't. When you're the best everyday player, you get the most money. Now, I'm not saying pitchers don't get a bundle because they do. The everyday guys get a ton of money, ton of money. 
So that's the difference. Those guys get paid. And baseball, it when you're the big boy on the block, whoo, you get a ton of money. I mean, again, this is 2019. We just saw Bryce Harper and Manny Machado get contracts for $300 million. Fully guaranteed. $300 million, fully guaranteed. Now, you could say, oh, well, Brian, it's for 10 years and 13 years. and I don't care. It's $300 million. $300. And again, I'm not one of those guys. I am pro player. But I'm make sense pro player. They're playing baseball. But you know what? The dollar calls for them to make that kind of money. You know? It's economics. You know? Supply and demand. It calls for them to make that. Nobody ever complains when the actor gets that kind of money for a terrible movie. Nobody complains. I'm a Will Smith guy. Think about the last time Will Smith really made a great movie. I mean, think about it. When was the last time he's made a a, a great movie? And how many times has he been paid $25, $30 million for garbage? I mean, you know, I'm a Jennifer Lawrence fan, fanatic, (laughs) Jennifer Lawrence fanatic, think she's great. One, she's from Louisville, and when you're from Louisville, you can't help but to be great. That's in our blood. But I think she's really, really good. She made a couple good movies. The last four have been... And pretty soon, they're going to say, to that salary that she gets. You know, I'm one of those people that I'm all about the equality. And we'll, that's another episode, and it will probably be a two-part episode to this. Not probably, it will be. The equality in salaries. And just to throw a little tidbit in there and a little teaser, you're worth what somebody's willing to pay you. And there's definitely equality that needs to happen with salaries. But let's just not be stupid about it. And I'll make that. We'll talk about that on a different show. But again, equality and salaries, you're worth what somebody's willing to pay you. And we'll dive into that in another podcast. But getting back to baseball, I digress. Baseball, they pay you. They pay you. Now, what they also do is they try to hold you up because they have your rights for a certain number of years. When you come into the league, they basically try to hold you. First of all, I mean, to play baseball, you, I mean, they put you through the ringer. You got to go through minor leagues. You got to work your way up. You got to get into the majors. And they have your rights for a certain number of years. That's why you see guys all the time and people complain, agents complain, is because They'll hold you back. You're ready to come up. Eh, but if we keep you in the minors another two weeks to begin the season, then we can keep you another year on the end of your contract, your rookie deal, which is nonsense. But that's, you know, it's labor. It's union. 
collectively bargained. So that's what's there. So those are the rules. And, you know, the teams are doing what they're allowed to do. But that's what happens in baseball. They hold guys back for another year. Then you go through things called arbitration, where a team basically will say, well, we think you're, I know you did this, but you also, you didn't do this, 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 and this. We want you to play for us. And I know you made 900000 and I know you a guy of your stature could probably make fifty, you know, or go get fifty on the open market or a hundred and fifty, but we're gonna play pay you twelve this year. Well, hey, twelve is better than nine hundred. And they basically have to take that. I mean, you can fight it and you can do those kinds of things, but what are you gonna do? I mean, you're a professional athlete. You have a certain number of years that you can play. Now, baseball is one of those that you can play a lot longer, but still, you got a certain amount of time that you can play. You got to get the money. And guys that pass up money like that are complete idiots. You make 900000 and somebody offers you twelve. First of all, if you made $12 million in a season, I get it, taxes, whatever the case, Say you get half. If you can't figure it out for the rest of your life on $6 million, and I'm not saying that you could never spend any money, but heck, if you bought a house and a couple cars and you paid off some people's stuff, maybe you got $4 million and left, you put that in the bank, live on the interest, you can't figure it out? That's a you problem. Again, Another podcast for another time on why athletes go broke. But again, that's a you problem. That's not a a, a league problem. That's a you problem. But that's what they do in baseball. You know, they have certain rules. But when you're middle of the road, the middle of the road guys don't get paid these tremendous amounts of money. You know, it's the top guys that you hear about. The middle-of-the-road guys, and again, relevant to professional sports. Those middle-of-the-road guys, I mean, they're not making, you know, middle-of-the-road compared to other sports. And that's what guys talk about all the time is the middle-of-the-road guys. I mean, they get shafted, especially with this arbitration stuff. I mean, they get shafted when it comes compared to other guys. They do. They get the shaft, and that's just the way that it is. Don't make near as much. And if you happen to be on one of those small market teams like a Tampa, Kansas City, Florida Marlins. I mean, why do they? I mean, let's talk. Why do they even have a team? I mean, seriously, why do they have a team? The, the, The Florida Marlins and Tampa. Nobody goes. Heck, 75% of the Tampa fans are retirees that are Yankee fans. Why do those guys even go to the game? Or why do they even have a team? I mean, they get six people go to the games, and all six are Yankee fans. (laughs) I mean, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Either way, that's what happens in baseball. Baseball, the players, they don't have salary caps, but only the big-name guys get the big, big money. 
But it's all fully guaranteed. It's all fully guaranteed. I mean, baseball is one of those sports that you only have to be successful if you're a hitter 30% of the time. I mean, if you are 30% as a baseball hitter, you may go to the Hall of Fame. I mean, think about that for a second. 30% Hall of Fame. Now, that I mean, now to me, baseball, hitting a baseball is the hardest thing in sports. I mean, a guy that throws 97 miles an hour, one pitch, and then throw, turns around and throws 75 miles an hour at a ball that's coming at your head and breaks down, you know, 27 feet and ends up at your ankles all the way across the plate. I mean, that's, you know, baseball. That hitting a baseball is the hardest thing in professional sports, in my opinion. I know hitting a golf ball straight can be difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? They're not, no, nobody's throwing it 97 miles per hour at you either. So, baseball, difficult. Salaries, Tricky, but fully guaranteed. Very tricky, but fully guaranteed. Now, let's go to basketball. Basketball is on the absolute come up. Basketball nowadays is the moneymaker. If you're average in basketball, they're just throwing money at you. And when I mean throwing money, I mean they are throwing money. I mean, you see guys that are average, getting contracts, guaranteed. Again, another fully guaranteed $50 million for three years. And you're like, what? I mean, I'm a diehard Louisville fan. Diehard K-State as well. Don't get me wrong. I went to K-State. But I'm a diehard Louisville fan. My man, Gorgie Dang, whew, you talk about stealing money. I mean, a man averaged like nine points and eight rebounds one year. He got a $40 million contract. I'm like, my goodness. And that's all it takes these days in the NBA. And that's all it takes. You don't have to go out and average 30 points a game. You go out and you can just be, hey, you know what? I can get seven rebounds a game. I go out and get seven rebounds a game. Get you eight points. I'm a seventh, eighth man. You know, 27 years old, 28 years old. I get you. You know, that'll get you $45, 50000000 million. That's what it is in the NBA these days. Wasn't always that way. Things have changed in the NBA. Players have gotten more control in the NBA. And what I mean by that, players are dictating a little bit more. They're dictating what they get, where they go. You know, they're starting to try to dictate that a little bit more. You've seen it in guys demanding trades with years left. So the NBA is a little bit more player friendly. Not a little bit more. It's a lot more. But the NBA also understands that it's a player's league. The players are the stars. Baseball hasn't figured that out yet. Baseball, you know, is stuck on the, you know, it's America's pastime. And, 
you know, baseball is, you know, the game of summer. First of all, you need to get off of that nonsense, okay? That was 60, 70 years ago. People that the baseball is not America's pastime anymore, and it hasn't been for a long time. Come on, come on, come on. What are you thinking? I mean, baseball is not America's pastime. Doesn't mean it's not you, it's not fun to watch, but it's not America's pastime. Okay, too many people playing basketball year round, football, all these other sports that have passed baseball by. Now, the main thing going getting back to basketball and their salaries. The big, big boys get the big guaranteed money. Now, everybody gets guaranteed money. Don't get me wrong. But they're getting the big dollars. I mean, and they've gotten up there. They have gotten up there. I mean, guys are making $35, $40 million a year now. This is 2019. And it's all guaranteed. They put into their contracts, you know, their first. Basically, they can control you the team that drafts you for the first seven years. They draft you. They, you know, you have your rookie contract. And they were smart about that. Rookie contracts. You know, don't give all this crazy money to rookies, you know, and have them being bust. NFL did a good job of that for a while, too, because that money was out of control. But they did the NBA does a great job when it comes to that. Hey, this is what it is. You're a rookie, you know, but you get out of that first rookie contract and then you got to stay where you're at to get the most money. Because your rights are controlled. You know, you can sign that big extension with the team that you're currently on. Guys are going to stay. It's a smart move by the NBA because you don't want just big market teams getting all the players. They believe in, just like the NFL, I mean, all of them for the most, baseball doesn't, I take that back. Baseball doesn't care. Baseball could care less about, you know, everybody being on the even playing field. Baseball does not care. They care about who's the big market, who's going to make the most money. That's all they care about. Basketball, football, and hockey for the most part, they care. They want it to be an even playing field when it comes to that. So you got to stay. Now, in, in basketball, once you get past that, then the seven year, then you can become a free agent. Well, you think seven years, man, that's a long time, Brian. Well, you got to remember, guys are getting into the league now at 18, 19, 20 years old. So it's not like they're 100 when that time comes. They become free agents. Big, big money. Basketball got it figured out. Basketball promotes to the players. They're the stars. And it's not that guys aren't, you know, oh, well, if the stars, that means they're selfish. Now, that doesn't mean the guys are selfish. I'm not saying there's not selfish players. What I'm saying is it just doesn't mean that because I want to be a free agent and go play wherever I want, that doesn't mean that I'm selfish doesn't mean that a guy's selfish. It doesn't mean that a guy is anything other than I'm an adult and I want to make my own decision on where I work. It's all that that means. Basketball has it figured out, people. Basketball has it figured out. Now, they do pay guys, like I said, these mediocre guys are getting these big contracts and, you know, owners can get mad about that. 
which I understand. But at the same time, I mean, they're not making you pay. Now, the one thing is you're forced to spend a certain amount of money, which again is good. Owners, I mean, owners, you need to be competitive. And being competitive means you got to spend a certain amount of money on salaries. That's just the way it works. Basketball's got to figure it out, people. Best league when it comes to labor. And again, they're all unions, whether you like unions or you don't like unions. It, it, I mean, they're the best when it comes to a working relationship between owners and players. I mean, heck, they made a racist owner give up his team for what he said. Now, granted, it was for $2 billion, <laughs> you know? So $2 billion later, you know, the man had to get out and give up his team, but they did it at least. They did it. And that takes some cojones when you say, you got to go, you can't be in our league. You can't, we're not going to have you be a part of our league, our establishment based on your beliefs. And that's why the players, they love the owners during right now. All that can change with new labor agreements. All that can change. So, moving on to football. Now, football has the worst working relationship between the players and the owners. It just does. The owners own it all. They win every labor contract. The players just keep fighting for a little bit, fighting for a little bit, fighting for a little bit. The owners have them over a barrel. First, no guaranteed contracts. They have contracts that have guaranteed money in them. So when you see the guy that signs for six years, $120 million, 45 guaranteed, just understand that he's going to get that $45 million over the first two years. That third year, eh, <laughs> eh, I mean, I don't know. Depends on how good you are. Depends on how good you are. Now, again, that contract for the NFL as a rookie, it used to be out of control. I mean, Jamarcus Russell got $30 million guaranteed. I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. It, clearly the biggest bust in NFL history. $30 million that he blew. But, again, I digress. Conversation for another time. But... You know, they, their rookie contracts got out of control. And they're starting to get out of control again. You know, rookies are rookies. And we understand that rookies are great. And rookies come into the league, and some of them come in that are just dominant. And not, I mean, you get drafted first or whatever you get drafted, you know, there needs to be a rookie scale. And they have one, but they're going to have to renegotiate that because it's starting to get up there again and getting out of control. I mean, Sam Bradford got $50 million guaranteed before he threw one pass in the NFL. That's the kind of money. I mean, the rookies were making way more money than the superstars. That's where the difference in the NFL, where they had to make that change because rookies were making the money over the superstars. They didn't promote their stars. So that had to change especially football being the number one popular sport in this country by a wide margin, 
you got to promote your stars and you got to pay them accordingly. So that's what happens. Now, it's gone crazy with these quarterbacks. I mean, you got your Jay Cutler's making $25 million. Jimmy Garoppolo played four games with the Patriots, making $28 million. I mean, you got these guys out here that are making all this money. I'm like, this has got to slow down. Got us quarterbacks just, whew, I tell everybody, hey, you got a kid that's a boy and they're halfway decent in sports. Two things, baseball player or quarterback. Nothing else. Baseball player or quarterback. Nothing else. Don't even think about anything else. Because they are getting paid. But the one thing about NFL, contracts aren't guaranteed. That I mean, that's got to change. Got to change. They don't get paid. I mean, again, relevant to professional athletes, especially football. Average shelf life in football is three and a half years. I mean, three and a half years. Now, I'm not saying that, well, you need to save your money or you, you need to be educated. You can't go get another job. That's irrelevant. This is the job that they're in right now. Three and a half years. So if you're going to be in it for three and a half years, that's the life expectancy. So guys aren't going to be around a long time. They got to try to make as much as they can. I'm not saying that they should break the, you know, the Brinks truck in for everybody and break the bank and, and all that stuff. But you got to have guaranteed salaries. I mean, it's ridiculous that you don't. It's absolutely ridiculous that the guaranteed salaries aren't in professional football. That would slow it down, in my opinion. You know, you sign a quarterback, and you sign a quarterback for five years, $80 million, and all $80 million is guaranteed. The problem is, in football, it just goes back to what I just said. Your life expectancy in football is not that long. Football is a collision sport. It's brutal. Car wrecks on every play. That's one of the reasons we love it, but it is a brutal, brutal sport. So you sign a guy for five years, he may not be there. He may not be healthy. He may get hit. I'm sorry. I know it's a tough, tough sport, and I've said it before. Football, it's one of those sports where we don't want anybody getting hurt, but that's not realistic. People are going to get hurt every practice, every game. You know, bones break, ligaments tear. It's just part of it. It sucks, but it's part of it. But the NFL, the owners have the players over by the barrel. They have them over a barrel. And they know it. And like I said, they win every single labor negotiation. Now, again, the players, they nip away. And they nip away. And they nip away. And they're trying. And they're trying. But until you can get guaranteed contracts then it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be bad for the players. It's bad. And again, it's relevant to professional sports. I know they get paid a lot of money, so you don't need to text me. You don't need to email me or message me that, oh, Brian, they're getting all this money to play a sport. I understand that. I get it. So... NFL, the owners win by a wide margin. Here's the reason why is because the television contracts are crazy. I'm not saying they're out of control because, again, 
you get paid what you get paid. But there is no risk for an NFL owner or even an NBA owner. And let's switch and kind of shift the topic here. The risk for ownership. There's zero risk when you own uh, NFL or an, an NBA team. Zero risk. And when you say, oh, Brian, what are you talking about? You're the owner. You got to make the salaries and you got you to sell this. Uh, hey, do you, have you seen an NBA or an NFL TV contract? Have you seen one? Just find one. I mean, this past year, again, 2019, every owner in the NFL got a check for $285 million. $285 million. The salary cap was like $190 million. So just based on that, you're already in the money. Just based on what the league pays you to own the team, you're already in the money. You haven't sold a hot dog. You haven't sold a ticket. You haven't sold a parking space, a jersey, nothing. And that's what the league gives you. Then you throw all that on top of it. There is zero risk owning any of those. Now, I know what people are trying to say. Hey, the risk comes from when you bought the team, making the money before that. That's where your risk came, is getting all that money. That's where the risk came. The risk didn't come from owning the team. All right? That's not where risk comes. There is no risk when it comes to owning a professional franchise. Zero, I take that back, an NFL or an NBA franchise. Baseball, there's some risk. TV money is not shared equally like that. I mean, don't get me wrong. They still get revenue sharing and things of that nature, but the TV contracts are different. So there's a little bit more risk. I don't think you're ever going to be in risk of losing your team. Just because, again, TV money is not going to allow that. But you're not in risk. There's no risk involved. And, oh, man, I wonder if I can make payroll. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me get out of here with that nonsense. And it's amazing why people take the owner's side. You hear it all the time. You got a contract. I can't believe he's holding out. He's got two years left on his contract. How dare he? He's selfish. He's selfish. Exactly why is he selfish? Especially in the NFL. And now you don't hear people holding out in baseball or basketball. Guys don't hold out in, in hockey. They have guaranteed contracts. So there's no holding out. I mean, I have my money. It's guaranteed. I'm going to get it whether... I stink or I'm great. I get my money no matter what. NFL, totally different. You could be great. Have a contract. You could be great, like I said. Owner decides, you know what? You're 30. We can go get a rookie. Your contract, I know you got three years left on it and you're making $8 million bucks. we can go draft a guy and pay him one, 
or less, we're going to cut you. We appreciate what you did for us, but we're cutting you. Sorry. And people don't have problem with that. And it's weird. I shouldn't say that it's well, yeah, it, it's it's weird because it depends on who you talk to. It really depends on who you talk to. Because this contract thing and this and especially in the NFL, this is kind of I mean, it is down it's down team lines and it is down racial lines. Now you say, Brian, what are you talking about? Don't be throwing out the race card. This has nothing to do with that. Well, yeah, it does. Because if you talk to most black men that the majority of NFL players are black men, every one of them, I've never really heard any say that, oh, well, if the owner cuts you, that's fair. And if you hold out for more money when you still have a contract, even though it's not guaranteed, you shouldn't be doing I've never heard that. They all are pro player. Now, that doesn't mean that there's no white people or that don't believe something different. But it's a little bit down racial lines because the owners are white. Majority of the players are black. That's just facts. That's not pulling the race card or, you know, trying to stir up, you know, some race baiting or anything like that. I'm just throwing facts out there. That's a fact. Go to your water cooler tomorrow and talk about it and see just ask the question and see where the people draw their lines. You'll see it. And it's not people being prejudiced or racist. People aren't, they just, that's where they draw their line. I was with friends of mine the other day. They were talking about a player sitting out. Oh, he's got two years left. I can't believe he's just being selfish. I'm like, but if he doesn't get paid now, when his contract is up, he won't get paid especially in the running back position. They'll just get rid of you. We'll use you up, and when you're done, you're done. We're not paying you. So you got to try to get as much money as possible. And that's the thing. Owners have players over the barrel in the NFL. They don't have guaranteed money. And when you don't have guaranteed money, you're going, I mean, there's going to always be this problem. It's sad, but it's true. And guys got to try to get as much money as they possibly can now because, again, you don't play in the NFL very long. And that's where the owners have them over the barrel because, number one, the owners know that. Owners want money. There's nothing wrong with owners wanting money either, so I don't want you to believe that. Hey, I'm a capitalist. I believe everybody should get as much money as you possibly can. Everybody should get as much money as you possibly can. I don't want to turn this political, but I am not a believer in people having to sacrifice. Hey, if somebody's willing to pay you, then you take the money. That's just the way that it goes. Somebody's willing to give you that money, you take the money. So I don't want you to think I'm anti-owner because owners, first of all, they earn the money that they got to buy the team. And even if they inherited it, so what? It's not my business. But there's so many people that are anti-player in the NFL. 
They, they just think they're selfish. And this is the only part that I will compare to a normal job. Is when people say, oh, well, I can't believe he left. He left our team. He was playing for us. And he left. I mean, where's the loyalty? Well, where in the world is the owner's loyalty? I had three years left of my contract with nine million or nine million, nineteen, eight million, whatever. And they cut me. And it's always, well, they did that's what's in the best interest of the team. Well, what about what's in the best interest of the player? Why can't we look at that? Is there no best interest of the player? I mean, who looks out for their, for their best interest? If they don't, you know the owners won't. So why can't they be looking out for their best interest and say, hey, you know what? I need to get as much money as I can since I can't get any guaranteed. I got to hold out because, again, in the NFL, your rookie contract, and then uh, on top of that, and I apologize. This, I should have mentioned this earlier. The worst contract situation in all of sports is the franchise. Now, I have played at Kansas State, so I have plenty of friends, and this is not name-dropping, so I'm, and I'm not going to do that, that played in the NFL. I played with guys, plenty of guys that played in the NFL. And I played with a friend, friend of mine, who got franchised twice. Now, I knew him very well, so... He got franchised. I mean, for him, it was okay. I'll take that because I know that what if he never played another down, he would be able to survive. He's not one of those that's going to be going broke. I can tell you that right now. So he's one of those guys that knows how to make it work. Got franchised two years in a row. But for other guys, you know, their careers, it's like, okay, you franchise me, fine. And then you franchise me again. Fine, but the problem with the franchise, it's a one-year deal. Guys need security. You know, a lot of them aren't, they don't save like they should. We all know that. But they want security because they what they want to know is, hey, if I get hurt, then I'm going to get taken care of. You know, I don't want to get franchised and make $4 bucks, and that'd be all the money that I get. I get a career-ending injury, and that's all I get. Guys need security. Again, football. Dangerous, super dangerous. Franchise is a horrible thing to get franchised because it's, again, it's a one-year deal. Now, it can be a lot of money, and I wouldn't suggest guys sit out and just miss the money. These are the rules, and you got to live by them. You know, again, I'm a stealer through and through, and Le'Veon Bell making, I mean, gave up $15 million. I mean, what the, what, what? And, of course, he didn't sign for what he wanted. He could never make that money back ever again. So I'm like, what in the world? I, I just, oh, man. Either way, it's a bad deal for players. I mean, in NFL, they get hosed. And I'm just wondering why more people aren't pro player. I know, I have a, a good feeling on why, because they're pro team. And they want their team to win. And there is a salary cap. And quarterbacks make the majority. So people are, are pro team. 
But you would think people would be more pro-player because while being an NFL football player is a one-in-a-trillion opportunity, it's worse being an owner. You know, there's 16, 1,700 football players. There are 32 owners. And for the most part, those owners keep those teams. They're not selling them. They just get handed down, handed down, handed down. Every now and then you'll see one sell. And then what's it sell for? $2 billion? I mean, you had to be a CEO or start you know, Microsoft to buy one. You know, you have to own oil. And I don't mean you have own an oil company. You have to literally own oil. The oil has to be coming out of your backyard. You have to own it. I mean, you know, you got to be somebody like that to own a professional football team. And so you would think people would be more pro player. It's not that way. And again, it, it kind of goes down racial lines. And this is not to say people are being racist. It isn't. But I do believe that people identify with their own. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, you identify with your own, even though as an owner, Guys are not going to be owners. Nobody that I grew up with is going to own a professional football team. There's plenty of us that are successful. None of us have that kind of money or are going to have that kind of money. You could win the lottery and you don't have that kind of money. It's just the way that it works. So you would think people would be more pro player and they're not. I always find that interesting. I really do. The salaries in sports have gone crazy. And I like it because again, I'm I'm more anti-player. I make sense, don't get me wrong. But I'm not anti-player, I'm pro-player. I like when guys make a ton of money. I mean, the owners are making a ton of money. Why shouldn't the players make a ton of money? I mean, it let everybody make a ton of money. Nothing wrong with that. Spread it around. Spread it around evenly. It does get spread around evenly in three of the sports. In the NFL, it does not. And the sad part about that is, is it is the sport that you take the most risk. The NFL is a sport to where you're risking your body every play. So if people thought about that a little bit more, I know they wear pads, but that, I mean... That's just a precaution. You're still banging into other human beings going full speed. You're taking the most risk. And you signed up for it. Hey, I'm not that guy. Again, I told you, I make sense. You signed up for it. You know the risk. You know the reward, too. I'm just saying it's not fair in professional football. In basketball, it wasn't fair for a long time. They figured it out. See, in football, it's all about the shield. In basketball, it's all about the player. And that's where the difference comes in, is that while there are stars in football, football is the star. The NFL is the star. That's why they get the money. In basketball, it's the players that are the star. There's a lot of guys on a football team and you need a lot of them to be successful. In basketball, 
you, I mean, you know, I think there's 12 guys that are on a basketball team, maybe 15. And if you have three or four that are good, I mean, <laughs> you know, and you got two that are outstanding, there you go. So that's the difference. So that's where I'm at on it. I love salaries being high. I love that three of them make sense. Well, I take that back. All three, three of them don't make sense. It just NFL, the, the owners are just dominating the players. Players got to fight back. Got to have a lot more fight in them. Hopefully they, in the next go around, hopefully they can win a little bit more. This was a good one. This was a good one. I had fun doing the research on this one, you know, talking to some different guys. Um, but this was a good one. Again, keep sending, you know, the messages, texts, emails, everything. Keep letting me know what you want to hear. I'm all for it. I am all for it. Um, we're, we're just getting started. We're just getting started with this thing. We're, again, we're still having a ton of fun. Hit us up on all the social media platforms. We're everywhere. Check us out anywhere that you can hear a podcast. We're everywhere. Uh, let's the Let's Talk Ball podcast. We're doing some good things. We're having some some fun. Oh man, this was a good one. I'm missing my brother. I'll be honest. I'm missing my brother. I wish he was doing this with me. We'd be having a lot more fun with this. So, but I think we're doing well. I think we're doing okay. Uh, hopefully this is a good one, Robert. So I'll get back with you guys soon. Thanks for checking us out. Uh, again, keep sending everything to us and aloha. In the words of my brother, Robert. Aloha. Let's Talk Ball is produced by myself, Brian Hanley, and Darren Howard at Mach 1 Productions. Editing, music, intro, graphic design, cover art are also done by our director of operations, Darren Howard at Mach 1 Productions. Research, fact-checking by myself, Brian Hanley. The Let's Talk Ball podcast is brought to you by the LTB Network.